to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Darlene Brock, and this is a really special week in the life of my co-host, Julie Graham. I know. I feel like it's going to be my last time to say, hey girl, hey, welcome to This Grit and Grace Life. I'm Julie Graham because it's my wedding week. It is. It so is. Weird. And we're going to add another name. I'm not going to know how to do this because you've been Julie Graham forever. So you'll be Julie Graham Bender, right? The other day I signed my name on a receipt and I thought, oh wait, I haven't even started practicing signing my new name yet. I need to do that. I mean, I haven't, but I had that thought the other day. Like everything is about to change and it's pretty exciting. It is surreal. exciting. It is exciting. But I know you've been on a journey to get here, Julie. We've For walked sure. through a lot of life together and I've seen some of your tears and some of your frustration and some of your concerns and that got you to the place and you my are stumbles now. and your stumbles <laughs> yeah and your stumbles but that's all of us so you know we thought this episode we might just kind of talk a little bit about that because again we do tell our stories and this is another part of julie graham's i just remember even just sitting across the table right now thinking about when we I'm, get, I'm being generous here. When we had the idea to have the show. When Julie had the idea <laughs> that talked to Dar into uh, doing yep, the show. Yep, mm-hmm. That's more accurate. Um, and then we sat down to try to, you know, what would this show be about? Why would we do it? Who would it be for? And um, we definitely knew we wanted to bring our, you know, our real, raw, everyday grit and grace lives um, from our own perspectives. The fact that we come from different, you know, life experiences, but also different generations and different stages of life. And when we started the show, I was a, I had been married probably 10 years at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a new mom and I was in a rough place in my first marriage. Um, do you remember when we, we started talking about how to do the intro of the show? And um, I knew I was really you know concerned about the health of my marriage and, and if it would make it because of where it was. And we really talked about like, how do we even say you're a wife if right now everything is so uncertain? And then just really trusting the Lord that he was going to do a restorative work in my marriage to Paul and um, saying, no, you're a wife and that's that's your position and that's your place. And that's, you know, we move forward with that and then, you know, we separated and we um, really began working on rebuilding a marriage that we hoped could be fresh and new again. Um, and if you're just joining us for the first time, you're like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> we have some episodes that talk yes, about this. You so. might need to follow back up. Um, but he did. He unexpectedly passed away um, a month in, or two months into our separation. And that just set me on a whole new life trajectory. You know, I was now widow and single mom and, you know, working widowed single mom. Um, and I think, I, I think it's been an interesting part of, you know, our story as a podcast, um, being able to share that along the way. Well, and I think what most women don't believe but need to know is that wherever you are in life, that doesn't stop you from doing what you're supposed to do. Hmm. So when we started this, as Julie said, she was in kind of a shaky place in her marriage, but we knew this was something we were supposed to do. Now, we had discussions like it could go south, you could have, (laughs) 
these big challenges ahead of you, all of the turmoil that you were feeling could get bigger or smaller. We didn't know, but that should never stop you Mm -hmm. from stepping out and doing what you think you need to do at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And and we did. And then we just, you know, there was, okay, when he passed away, like, how do we even continue doing the show? Obviously I had to take off time for work and, you know, really, um, take time to grieve and be with Lincoln. And then, you know, stepping back in, like, is it okay for me to go back to work? I'm grieving the loss of my husband and trying to figure out how to move on. For me, it was really helpful and healing for me to go back to work because, you know, my work here at Grit and Grace is some of my favorite part of my life. And, um, it's been really what I have felt like the Lord has called me to. Um, and even I think the, the timing of it all was not on any accident whatsoever. And so I knew that I needed to go back, even though I faced a little bit of judgment for coming back the way that I did and as quickly as I did. But I do believe it was part of me being able to kind of come up from the rubble of all of that um, and really embrace who is the Julie Graham. Absolutely. And I watched you grow as a woman and become more and more of who you wanted to be as an individual. But what you just said is really true. When we go through transitions in life, there are some people who will tell us what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong and how we should be handling it or how we shouldn't be handling it. And sometimes they have wisdom to share. They really do. Other times you have to go, I just have to follow the path that I believe is right for me. I have to go the road that I know will provide healing for my life and growth for my life for both myself and my son and any future relationship I might have, I need to be the best me that I can be. And I saw you do that. Well, and I know, I mean, I, I did all the things. <laughs> yes, I did all did. the things both all good of them and bad. And more. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, I I I had a lot of fun. I yeah. embraced new friendships. I um, you know, again, I invested more in my work and I, I had I didn't have to hold back from that. Um, you know, I started dating and, you know, I shared the highs and lows and scary parts of dating. I dated guys that I I remember when I first started dating, I said to you, so I'm going to try to date a few different kinds of guys (laughs) because I got married at 21. I was started dating my first husband when I was 18. And although I basically became an adult around 13 years old because of my childhood. I was certainly not emotionally very mature enough to be dating. Um, episode 28, if you want more on that. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I knew that I needed to kind of figure out who would be a good partner for me because I knew that I had made some mistakes um, in, you know, even, even in getting married. And so I wanted to be careful but I, I didn't know how to do it. I was like, uh, <laughs> dating's really different now. So I'm going to have to practice a little bit. I'm not going to get it right at first. And I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. I think it was about then that you started building an online profile. I actually think that we were in the mountains at the time when you were sharing your profile with me and telling me about the different guys in this group and who was in the rose sw- system we were yes, using yes yeah, so how much system. i liked them how many roses they had <laughs> yes. next to their name in my phone oh my gosh those were good memories yeah i think you did revert back to about 18 years of age and do it mm-hmm. all over again but mm-hmm. i think that was the perfect way to do it is to almost do a restart mm-hmm. to say all right 
maybe I made some mistakes the first time. Well, I'm going to figure out, even by possibly making a couple of mistakes this time, I'm going to figure out how to get this one right and do it right. So Julie, I know that you kind of sorted through a few different guys. There were a couple of, oh, it was coffee, it's over. And there were a couple of, well, we dated for six weeks and I really liked him, but you know, he was one of those non-commitment guys and that's not a good idea. It's definitely not good for me and or Lincoln. No, not at all. So you had to figure out what it was, or I should say who it was, Mm -hmm. that if God brought somebody in your life, what were they going to look like? So give, give our listeners a a little bit of insight of what that was. I I did. I had two people I would say were actual boyfriends and we broke up, both of us, right at like the two month mark. So I remember I I said to you, I was like, I don't know if I can date more than two months. Like (laughs) it seems to be like the cutoff. Like if it lasts more than two months, maybe it's a real thing. I don't know. Um, But I remembered thinking, okay, this time, this profile, (laughs) I'm going to just be a little more obvious. Like this girl loves Jesus. And if you don't, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. But I think when you're first jumping back into the dating world, there's so much misinformation out there. Like depending on where you go for information on how to be, you know, a mom dating, how to be a Christian mom dating, um, how to be someone who, you know, maybe has maybe a little bit more than the cultural standards for how she wants to interact in her dating life. There's not a lot of information. It almost seems like you're told you just shouldn't do online dating, that it's not safe or healthy. And so I'm like, no, no, that's literally my only option. Like I go to a female gym and I work and I work at home. So I'm not accidentally running into anyone. I need to find a man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't need to find a man, but yes, okay. I wanted to. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> so I'm like on Online is my option. And so um, I realized that I wanted to be a little more specific in who I was and, you know, making it very clear that my relationship with the Lord was primary, but also that I had a kid. (laughs) Um, And then that who I was looking for, it needed to be his number one deal that he loved the Lord. And I was nervous about that because I thought there's going to be zero matches. Yeah. Like zero. Um, And you know what? For a few weeks, it did kind of seem like that. And I remember I had a conversation with God one day. Um, I had gotten to a place where I was pretty frustrated. I um, I felt like it was going to take forever. That I'd been single quite long enough, thank you very much, which I recognize is very dramatic. Yeah, just a little bit, but let's just face Have it. Have you met Ju- me? <laughs> yeah, Julie Graham lives in a little bit of dramatic. Let's go there. It's what works, okay, people? <laughs> so I remember I was um, putting my makeup on for the day. And I was thinking about, woe is me, I'm still single. Um, and I remember saying to God, okay, if we're still if we're still in the waiting phase here, I'm just going to go ahead and add a couple more items to my really long list of what he has to have. Because I learned that from our friend, Dr. Zoe, yes. that if I was going to date, I had to, I had to have parameters for who I would be willing to give my time to and what I was looking for. Because, hey, guess what? I get to choose. Oh, Julie, I want you to say that again. You get to choose. Yeah. Every woman gets to choose. Mm. Do not think Gosh, you I... have to settle. And I'm telling you. I thought I had to settle. Yeah. Most it, single is not bad. Yeah. Single is not a handicap. Single being single is an opportunity. If okay. you find someone to share your life with, that is a gift. Sorry. That is a gift. That is wonderful. But if you find somebody you want to share your life with and they aren't great, 
That is not a gift. It's that, a burden. It is a burden. So we're not saying you have to find that perfect that man in your life to make you complete. We're simply saying there's a way to do it. And if he's there, you want him to be the right one. Yeah, he should add to your life. He's not going to become your life. He's not going to make your life better. It should be good and happy and healthy, which is the only way you're actually going to meet somebody and have a good and happy and healthy relationship. So I'm in this phase where I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm still single. I am a little frustrated with that, but I also recognize God must be doing something in me or in him in the waiting. And so kind of like I was preparing my like Chick-fil-A online order, like, okay, well there's still time. So I'll just go ahead and get the milkshake. Like I want the milkshake, but I'm like trying Might to be healthy. Well so I'm it. not gonna, okay, well, well, he's not here yet. Let's get the cookies and cream milkshake. It was like that. So I was like, okay, God, here's the deal. I think I want to add to the scenario of who I want to marry because I'm like, I'm dating to marry, right? At this point, I've done the dating fun. Now we want to date to marry. (laughs) And I think both of those are important. (laughs) I think that's important. I think some women need to hear that it's okay to date just to date. Yes. And then it's okay to hit a point where you're like, now I want to date to marry. It's okay to be in one or the other season. I think sometimes we shame Christian women into thinking that it's not okay to want to just date. Oh man. Can you please talk about that? Yeah. When I was single, Julie, I, there was one week I dated four different guys. Yes. Okay. There was one day I had four dates. Go, keep going. There you go. Oh, she beat me. (laughs) Um, well, but they were real dates. Yours was coffee, breakfast. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Gym and breakfast, coffee, dinner. Yeah. 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 But all I'm saying is there's nothing wrong (laughs) with enjoying life. Okay. But make sure you're honest. You don't want to lead some man on. You really don't. It's not fair. It's not right. It's not kind. It's not loving. But if they know and you're you're having just an enjoyable time, and not just that, go hang with your girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Travel to another country with a friend. Go do wonderful, exciting things that if you were in a long-term relationship, if you were in a marriage, it wouldn't be that easy. You couldn't just hop on a plane because you have to double pay. You know, (laughs) you'd have to figure out how to do it. So enjoy that time. But don't ever feel like something's wrong with you if you want to get married. If that is something that is the desire of your heart, there is nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's very, very right. It's very healthy. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm adding the milkshake to my cart, meaning I say to God... I think what I want to add, which I've been afraid to say out loud or, you know, in my heart of hearts to Jesus is that I wanted to, to find somebody who had never been married. Um, because the experience I'd had in my first marriage, um, you know, there, there's so much to it. Episode 101. I wanted that lifetime love. And because I had dated a few people, people had started saying to me, like, you really got to consider those divorced guys or the divorced dads. And here's the deal. No problem with that. I know plenty of great guys who I hope will find love again and remarry. But I just was in this place that from my scenario, that's something that I was really hoping I would be able to have that, you know, that one time love with somebody. And I remember saying like, well, you're still waiting. So I want him to never have been married. And let's go ahead and add that doesn't like dogs thing that I feel like is really picky, but whatever, I'm adding it. It's fine if it doesn't work out. And also I want him to live here in town so that we can stay close to my first husband's family because that was going to be healthy for Lincoln before I had thought maybe it'll be fun. Maybe I'll move. Um, 
I don't want to move. And I think whoever I'm going to marry, can he just want to move in here? Cause I just, I'm done with moving for a while. So while you're still working, God, I just want to put those few little things on the list. Well, you did. <laughs> and then you actually found a man that not perfect, not a perfect man, nope. not a man without life that he lived as well, but the right one for you. Yep. And I think the interesting part in that is you had your list, but then there were things that he came with that you went, well, that wasn't on my list, but you know what, God, I saw how you worked in his life Mm -hmm. and got him through things like you got me through things (laughs) and he's stronger because of it. And I kind of like that. (laughs) That's funny. When I first got the notification from match.com, this is not a paid ad. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should try, though. I don't know. Um, Yep, I got a notification that I had a like from a guy named Donnie, and I was like, okay, well, let's see. And and on my Match account, I felt like I was only getting old, rich dudes from Naples, Florida who wanted to take care of me, and I was just so over that. Yeah. So I didn't really even want to look at at the notification, but okay, I'll look. Oh, he's young. Okay. Okay, he looks young. Cool. So I pull up his profile, and the first you know, question that he wanted to have displayed on his profile, because you get to choose what it shows. Um, Describe yourself in three words. And he just wrote Jesus. Hmm. He didn't even add any. He just put one in. Literally all that box said was Jesus. (laughs) And I remember being like, okay, Donnie, I'll keep reading. (laughs) So then on the next box, it was more of like an open description box. And um, literally the first sentence said something like, I'm a Christian, so if you're not, we don't even have a chance. And remember what I said this time around, I pretty much said the same thing. Like, I'm not here to play games. Yeah. I love Jesus and I have a little boy. So if that turns you off, bye. Move on. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I pressed the little like button back, which would send him a notification. And I'm like, he can message me. I'm not reaching out. Um, so he did. And we started talking a little bit in the app. And then we started texting. And then accidentally I FaceTimed him from my armpit. (laughs) Okay. Explain that. Yes. (laughs) So, I mean, in normal online dating, you talk in the app for, I don't know, a couple days, then maybe you move to phone. Like when you've decided he's not too creepy to give him your phone number. Uh And then you talk on text for a while. Then maybe you have a phone call or a FaceTime plan. That makes sense. Then eventually you go on a date. That makes sense. Yeah. So from Wednesday in the app, to Friday, I think I gave him my number on Thursday. And on Friday, I responded to a text message accidentally via FaceTime because my phone was in my armpit when I received a text message from him because I was carrying my coffee and my Bible over to sit down. Uh So I was fresh out of the shower, leggings and a tank top, no makeup, wet hair, okay? Uh Have my phone in my armpit and I responded to a text message from him with the sound that FaceTime makes. And I was like, uh-oh, who am so I FaceTiming? So you just accidentally FaceTimed. I accidentally him. initiated a FaceTime. <laughs> it was way too early in the relationship for a FaceTime. And the so, first thing you saw was your armpit? Is that what no, we're but I like to call it the armpit FaceTime. So I pulled the phone out of my armpit like, who am I calling? And to be freaking honest, I assumed it was another guy I was talking to at the time who I was further in the FaceTime relationship with. Uh I had already FaceTimed him before. So I assumed I was initiating a FaceTime to that guy. Uh So I pull out my phone and I see, oh no, it's Donnie. He probably had one heart or one rose next to his name at the time. And instant panic. Like, oh no, no, I'm not ready for FaceTime with this guy yet. Uh And I look like straight garbage. (laughs) 
So, and I, I, I pictured my match profile pictures that have my full makeup, the lashes, the whole deal. Oh, and I'm sure. like, it's way too early to show this is real life. <laughs> <laughs> so I see that I'm FaceTiming him and I panic and I felt like the Lord said, just see if he answers. Because I thought, well, I could hang up, but he's going to call me back and be like, so you FaceTimed me? Awkward. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Yes, I did. So I felt like the Lord said, just see if he answers. So I was like, okay, well, this is the real me. He's going to have to see it eventually. I wonder if women should just fast forward that. We don't want to, but it's like, here's what you really get. Here's the real us. One of my single guy friends recently just said on his Facebook Online dating would be easier if you stop filtering all your pictures because I don't even recognize you when I meet you. And I'm like, ooh, that is <laughs> okay, true. Okay, that's true. It's true. I was like, okay, well, yeah. yep, that's it's all or nothing, yeah. you know, and filtered. So anyways, so he answered. And I think I immediately said this was an accident. I think those were my first words. <laughs> I really didn't want to talk this to you. This is an accident. Uh-huh. And he's like, what? And I was like, I just FaceTimed you from my armpit. Anyway. But immediately there was an instant connection, like the stupid stuff in movies where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed that I FaceTimed him, but like something just happened. Like yeah. just that moment that I first saw him, um, I, I, I just knew that there was something there and I was instantly at ease talking to him, even though I was incredibly embarrassed that I, you know, was presenting myself such a way. So I said, no, I did not mean to call you. He's like, yes, you did. No, I didn't. I said, look at me. You think I would call you looking like this? And he said, you look amazing. So that was the beginning of what is ultimately now going to culminate in us getting married this week. (laughs) Well, and I think that was a perfect accidental beginning to something that grew. But what I also know is y'all had not, I wouldn't say difficult, times you had honest times Mm -hmm. as you were building your relationship and getting to know each other you had to take steps to get to know each other to dig deep into your past and what you were bringing and your personalities and how they could or couldn't work together and how you talk through the hard stuff yeah one of my biggest fears in dating in general was that I was going to be bringing too much baggage to the table Um, you know, to the marriage bed, so to speak. Like who is going to want somebody with all of this drama? Um, I mean, my personality is drama, but my life is a lot of drama. And that was one of the biggest, you know, Zoe always talks to us about our negative self-talk. Right. That is one of the biggest recurring loop things that I tell myself. Um, And honestly, he and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago, you know, we're getting closer to the wedding. We're getting closer. And I find myself, I'm not getting, you know, anxious or cold feet about getting married, but I found myself being afraid again that he was Mm -hmm. like, as we get closer and I get bride crazy with all the planning, which brings my stress level up. And I'm asking you that 7,000 questions about donuts and, you know, neckties. Are you now going to realize that I'm too much, that this is too much? And so I said to him, I'm like, I'm not getting nervous, but I'm afraid that you're getting nervous. And he just said, oh, baby, you know, I made this decision a long time ago. Like nothing's going to change. This was decided a long time ago. Um, and I think, I think we'd only been dating maybe three or four weeks. And I kind of had that same conversation of like, hey, I'm a lot and I come with a lot and I have a kid and he's, he's got trauma um, and he's really outgoing and bubbly and we're just a lot. <laughs> 
And um, you too, you and your son enter the room, and the volume and you know goes it. up, and everybody knows you're there, and you're, yeah. you're but it's good. And, and so I remember when I said to him very early on, like, you know, I'm I, I'm a lot, and I come with a lot, and I got you know people who care about my life and will care about you, and there's public stuff, and you know, and then I got the dead husband, dead dad <laughs> drama that you know it's just it's a lot. And I remember he said to me early on, like, yeah. You're, you have a lot and, and you're a very strong woman, but my shoulders are strong enough to carry that weight. So I need you to let me take it. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yeah. I was like, I think you're right. Because as much as I bring a lot, he brings a lot. Like you said, you know, there are things that I was like, hmm, that was not on my list of the 30 items I needed to check. But he is the man that he is because of the things that I would not have chosen about him that played into his character refining and building and, you know, making him the humble, kind-hearted person that he is. And so I have to say yes to those things. And he had to say yes to my things. And we had to really believe that together we would be better. And so that's, you know, that's kind of where we landed. And you're right. It hasn't all been easy and roses. I mean, we're, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm bringing a lot of hurt and struggle from my first marriage into a new marriage and he's never been married. So remember when you first get married, you both think things are going to be a certain way and nobody really knows because they've never been married before. Well, True. one of our challenges is I know what marriage is like, but I also have negative marriage experience and he has none. So coming together, that's going to pose some challenges. But I think, Julie, something that women need to realize is Nothing, nothing is insurmountable mm. if you both choose yeah. to be all in, yeah. to have the same priorities. I know yours is your faith, as is Donnie's, and then Lincoln mm -hmm. and your family, and those are your priorities. Now, that doesn't mean you won't hit bumps, but that does mean that you two individually are there to make it work. Yeah. You're there to talk it out. You're there to fight for a healthy marriage. And that, that to me is the only way a marriage works is if both people say we're all in, you know, Dan and I have a plaque that says we're in it together. And we decided that early. So no matter what hit us, it was us. Mm -hmm. It was the two of us. And that's what you and Donnie have been building. Yeah. We had our first premarital counseling session. So imagine this, um, we're doing premarital counseling, which is great and awesome. And I highly recommend it. Um, but the person who's counseling us is the pastor who married me the first time. That almost feels awkward. Yep. Yep. Well, I, and what's funny about it is a lot of people who knew me and before they knew Donnie, they would say, well, is, is Orlando going to marry you again? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. But then the more I thought about it and the more people asked, I'm like, it might be weird for whoever I marry to feel like they're just getting dropped into all of the placeholders of where Paul was in my right. life. And now yeah. they're the new guy. Yeah. So I had kind of put that idea off to the side. Like, I don't know who's going to marry us. And then when I met Donnie, one of my items on my list is that I would, I would meet somebody who was very active in his faith, already involved in church, and that wouldn't be something he would be doing for me that he needed to have his own relationship with the Lord. That meant he actually went to church, was engaged in worship, all the things. Well, I ended up with somebody who very much loved his church and it was a different church than mine. <laughs> so that was maybe one of our struggles early on of like, uh, which church do we go to? 
great news. We went to a pandemic and nobody went to church anymore. So we just <laughs> went to both of our churches. So we're still figuring that one out. Um, so when we ended up meeting, when he ended up meeting Orlando, um, he instantly fell in love with him, of course, because everybody does. And uh, I heard, you know, a couple of weeks later, he started talking about when we would get married, maybe he'd want to ask Orlando to marry us. And I remember being like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's on you, babe. Like that's your decision. And I was suggesting other people all right. along. I kept suggesting other people, but no, he, you know, he tearfully said he's been a huge part of your life for a long time. And, you know, I respect who he is as a husband and father, and I want to learn from him. And I think it would be really special if he would marry us. So fast forward to our first premarital counseling. I'm like, this is weird because I've done these sessions in a very different scenario a very long time ago with a different person. I was a different person. You know, I was a child basically. <laughs> um, and you know, I just remember even some of the, I just remember some of those sessions that first time, like realizing I had some preconceived notions about marriage that were probably wrong, but I, I didn't really know how to correct them until I was already going to be in it. And now on the other side of that with hindsight, which we talk about, um, now sitting there with my new husband and just realizing that this is just all going to be so very different. And all of those experiences are coming in, whether I like it or not. And that's going to be part of our marriage story. My first marriage is going to be part of our marriage story, but my prayer is that it will be, you know, part of making it healthier you know, the things that I learned will end up benefiting us. And hopefully, I don't know, helping somebody else in the future as well. So Julie, here we are on the precipice of the day of your wedding. It's just a few days away. And, you know, that's a very special day. And I know you've worked really hard to make it special. And Donnie's been a trooper getting there, you mm -hmm. know, and I think that's great. But what I'm excited about is it's not about the wedding day. It's yeah. that you are beginning a new life together, a new leg of your life journey with Donnie and Lincoln mm -hmm. as a family unit. Does that scare you a little bit? Does that excite you? No, it's so exciting. I remember when, um, when Donnie proposed, which he totally nailed that. That was such a great day. In fact, oh, he was so excited when he called me and told Aww, me all cute. the plan. And he sent me a picture of her ring. <laughs> Guys, okay, she, he sent me a picture of the ring. Well, my she came in my office. My computer was open. I wasn't in the room. I walked in and saw this big old ring on my computer <laughs> screen. So what I said was, Julie, you didn't look at my computer. Did you? No, you didn't look at my computer. And she's looking at me like I'm Why would my, I look at your computer? Exactly. I'm looking at you like, do you think I secretly look on your computer? Like, I've never done that. I don't plan to. No. I'm like, am I in trouble? All I could think is, I blew it. I absolutely blew it. But he was so excited mm. about being able to um, ask you to marry him in such a delightful way. He really, he really did a great job on that. It's crazy to think of how well he hid that. Um, fun fact, literally, as he got on his knee to ask me to marry him, because remember, guys, he's never been married. Um, when we had been talking about going to look at rings in the next couple weeks. So as he got down on one knee in my mind in a split second, I'm like, does he know he can't propose until we have a ring? <laughs> oh no, is he going to propose to me without a ring? How embarrassing for both of us. Cause I'll have to say yes. But on the inside, I'll be like, that's not how it works. And then he opened a box and there was actually a gorgeous ring anyway. Um, so no, I'm not scared. I'm so excited. And you know, that day, 
before he proposed, we were at the Hyatt with some friends celebrating our one year anniversary. That's all I thought that that weekend was. And that afternoon we were all of us, several of our friends in Lincoln, we were just in the lazy river, which is just heavenly. And Lincoln looked over it to me and he said, this is the best day ever. And, um, I think I even like put that on my story caption, like best day ever, according to Lincoln. And all of my friends knew that he was proposing to me that day because yeah. he had scheduled 35 people to be there. Um, so they're all looking at it like, Oh girl, you don't even know, you know? <laughs> and so as soon as we got home from that, that trip of being there for our engagement, um, Lincoln was just so excited. Can we do the wedding next week? Can we get, can we get married? Can we have the wedding before your, your birthday mommy? So Donnie can move in. And so we have just been counting down being so excited for the beginning of us, you know, for the real deal. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have loved planning a wedding. Um, you know, I didn't have Pinterest the first time, so it's been (laughs) so fun to plan the wedding and buy the dress and spend way too much money and, you know, make exciting plans for how the ceremony will be meaningful. Um, but something we really have tried to focus on through all of it is it's not about the day. It is about the marriage and making sure our time and energy and focus has been on that more than on the wedding. Well, Julie, I'm really glad that. You were willing to talk about this leg of your journey, this Mm -hmm. part of where you were and where you are now. And I kind of think in another year or so, we'll get get another tidbit into, so how was the first year of marriage? (laughs) We'll find out then. Um, But I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you and Donnie and for what God has put together and the strength of that union when it's based on what you guys based it on. For sure. Well, and I just want to say thanks to everyone who has supported me from, you know, from the beginning of this whole podcast and, you know, following along on my journey of, you know, widowhood and then dating and, you know, watching me meet Donnie and fall in love with him and then, you know, waiting until those moments of moving toward marriage. And so I just want to thank everyone for kind of following and loving our story. And our our prayer as a couple is ultimately that our, our story would always point to the faithfulness of God. Because when it's just he and I, that's what we talk about. You know, that God would give us the gift of meeting and loving each other is is a huge gift. And it's only God. And he's the one who's going to keep us together. And if we focus on him first, then we will be able to have that marriage that will be sustainable and happy and healthy. Not because of each other, but because of, you know, putting our focus on God first. Well, I'm sure you'll be sharing some pictures on social media. Maybe like one. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <Thousand>. <laughs> So ladies, wherever you are in your grit and grace life, whether you're single, you're married, you're struggling with your marriage, you're divorced, you know, what widowed, whatever, what we want you to know is that there is always an answer to where you are today. We believe with all our hearts, it starts with our faith and that our relationship with God will get us through around and over anything. And then we think that you're strong. We believe that you have within you what it takes for that part of your life, for that season, that challenge, whatever it is. So be content where you are. Be happy where you are, because that's probably exactly where you need to be. But don't ever lose sight and hope for tomorrow. Amen to that. Hey, can I quote myself to end this show? Because I I feel like one of our most popular quotes I grit and grace applies to what we're talking about today. I have been quoted as saying... (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know exactly what the future holds, but I'm stepping forward with grit, anchored in grace. And dear friends, you can do the very same thing. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Whether you're listening in Apple, Spotify, or streaming somewhere else, be sure to subscribe and review so you never miss an upcoming episode. You can also share this episode with a friend you think might enjoy living a Grit and Grace life with us or share us in your social media and tag us. Every week we share all the details of what we discussed at our website, gritandgracelife.com. We'll catch you on the next one.